0: Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started.
1: Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we believe what Thomas Aquinas once said, theology is taught by God teaches God and leads to God. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we are seeking not to only help you know solid biblical theology, but to be led to God by it. So as we begin podcast 114, we want to say thank you for leaving us ratings and reviews. We like to highlight these at the beginning of our episodes, and we've got a good one today that comes from JW Long 4, and it says this, Thank you both and the crew behind the podcast. Being in Bluffton, I am a Low country community church guy. So I'm delighted to say how enjoyable the kitchen table theology series has been for me. And again, thank you very much. That is very kind of you and I will speak for the special shout out to the crew mm. because it does take a lot to get all of this out.
2: It takes and, a village. Yes,
1: it does take a village. So, special shout out to Jamie Hubbard who is doing our digital behind the scenes today and to Tiffany Coker who does Tiff, Jamie John so many does things. some yep, Danny Streamline Podcast. That's right, with Streamline Podcast. So thank you, John W. Long 4, for noting well, we don't the know if it's
2: John. It's J.W. Long.
1: Oh, I just assumed. Yeah. I did. Okay, well, sorry well, you're, to you're whatever well, J. You, you Jay probably person. have a high percentage be of James, being correct. Could be Oh, could be lots of things. Well, are thank we you, whoever at all? you are. <laughs> it is very nice of you, and we do it really, is. really appreciate it. And if you're thinking, "Well, I like the show too, and I'd like to leave a rating or review," please do so from whatever platform you're listening from. We do deeply appreciate those. And you've got a great story about some of our listeners to share today. Yeah, right? this is
2: um, this is kind of fun. So yeah, thanks for doing that for the show and leaving the ratings and reviews. I was talking to somebody at church Sunday. And they have lived here in our area for one year, mm. and they're from South Dakota. And recently went back to South Dakota, went back to their home church. And this lady was asked by her pastor, "Have you been able to find a church yet?" She says, "Oh yeah, it's right there where we live, Low Country Community Church." And the pastor said, "Oh yeah, that's Jeff Cranston and and Jen and the, the that's the Theology Podcast." Oh my goodness! In South Dakota. <laughs> So we don't know how we made it to South Dakota, but hello, South Dakota!
1: You you feel like I feel like you're saying that you're more surprised that we made it to South Dakota than South Africa.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, in some ways, it's 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 funny where this winds up. So you and I have to be minding our p's and q's out there now that. We're, we're so famous we're, We've gotten we all, the to, we've all the way We've made it all the way And respectful Of the South But I think Dakodians. that's pretty cool Yes uh, I, That's so, so cool So thank you yeah. uh, Thank you for listening out there
1: Well Thank you as well And we are still working through A list called 33 things that happen At the moment of salvation From Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaefer And we're a little more Than halfway through We think
2: We think We yeah, think I, I should add that Ish up. We'll just say ish So what's half of 33 18 and a half Ish No No <laughs>
1: I'm not doing the math. 16 and a half. Live on recording. 16 and
2: 16 is 32. <laughs> Mental
1: math or any math for that matter is not I my do thing. Math.
2: I have dyslexia with numbers.
1: <laughs> oh, So math yeah. and
2: I don't get along well at yeah. all. That's at actually all. got
1: a special classification, but we'll talk it about does. that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Well, hey, where are we today? We might not know where we are in the series, but what topic are we
2: talking about today? Well, if you're still listening.
1: They're still there.
2: <laughs> okay, hold on. Are you, Okay, here we go. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the Christian is joined to Christ. You agree with that so far? Yes. Okay, so he or she, therefore, partakes of all that Christ is, and there is imparted to the believer, instantaneous at salvation, which that's been a key theme for us Mm -hmm. recently. Here's what happens. Eternal life, imputed righteousness, positional sanctification. We are perfected forever. We're made accepted in the Beloved One. And we're made part of the inheritance. Okay, that's a lot more than one thing. I feel like we just
1: we just went down a totally different, like Versuvius of things that are just coming out. How about how
2: about us say it like this? (laughs) Instantaneously, at the moment of salvation, the new believer is declared acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Why didn't I say that the first time?
1: Oh, so that's the umbrella statement. So then yes. are all of these things underneath them that you just listed, are those kind of the the raindrops under the umbrella? The that
2: raindrops
1: are, under that the are, umbrella. That are the subpoints of, yeah. of, of sorts. Yes, abs- absolutely.
2: <laughs> Again, eternal life, mm-hmm. imputed righteousness, positional sanctification, perfected forever, made accepted in the beloved one, and made part of the inheritance.
1: Well, that's a lot, and we can probably just end for today.
2: <laughs> yeah, except we know what none of it means Maybe not, so it seems
1: logical to me That we just work ourselves through each of these So that we yeah. do have a clearer understanding Briefly we will Briefly. So you said the first one is eternal life And of course we've covered this in many ways here In the podcast, but what does this mean In the context of what we're talking about today
2: Okay, there's a key verse here John twenty thirty one. So how about reading that for us please but these things are
1: written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by
2: believing, you may have life in His name. By believing in Him, we have life in His name. What life? Eternal life. And, and there's another key verse as well in Ephesians one six. Paul teaches there that positionally before God, we have been accepted, and here's what he says, in the glorious grace He has poured out on us or lavished upon us, some mm-hmm. translations say, who belonged to his dear son. His dear son is also often translated as God's beloved. So that's Jesus whom the Father loves. He's the beloved. Mm-hmm. And the verb beloved or beloved, I think most people say beloved, but if you grow up Southern Baptist, it's beloved. Well, I say, beloved,
1: <laughs> let us love one another. Yeah, well, First, however you John, say Four, it. seven, and eight.
2: Don't you remember that song? Beloved. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to go there, yeah, but thanks. We did. The verb beloved is that a verb or a noun? Whatever it is. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> but here's the deal it's in a tense in the Greek language that means the father loved the son in the past and he persistently loves him into the present. Mm-hmm. So, in the Greek, that's called the perfect tense. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, the Father's love for the Son is permanent. And he says, in the glorious grace. So, that shows where God places the believer's location, so to speak. We are in the sphere of Christ in the beloved. So, God's acceptance of us is in the circle of his beloved Son. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. or am I losing us? No,
1: I think you got us, yeah.
2: Okay. So, Jesus is the object of God's love, so so are we, and God associates our acceptance to him with the Son whom he loves. So, here's a good way to say that, maybe. Since God loves the Son, and believers are in the Son, we are the object's Of God's love and acceptance
1: and and we still get stuck on that right I I don't think that's something we can ever really fully understand or fully I don't I I I think our little human brains are not Mm -hmm. (laughs) not equipped for that because that's a love of depth and significance more than
2: we know and and more
1: than we can imagine so when we look back on why God should bless us it's simply because of his grace because we didn't do anything. In Mm -hmm. fact, we probably did a lot of things to not deserve it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is why we should just live in a constant state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So to this point, he accepts us and giving us eternal life. And then you said we're accepted in Christ in Christ to God and mentioned imputed righteousness. Now, I love this term because it allows us to do what we love to do here at Kitchen Table Theology, and that's dig a little bit deeper into kind of a a wonky statement that we don't necessarily hear every day. So we want to break this down and help you understand the theology behind imputed righteousness.
2: Righteousness. So, yeah, I thought you'd never ask me to talk about imputed righteousness. There are people
1: that walk through the grocery store and say, you know what? You know what I'd like to learn about today? Imputed
2: righteousness. imputed righteousness. But when you learn about it, you're glad you did. Absolutely. So how about reading 2 Corinthians 5.21 for us? Love this verse.
1: He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness
2: of God in him. So, that verse is all about imputed righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a sibling, right? I do. A sister? A sister. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. Is she younger or older? She's younger. She's younger by about four years. Yeah. So, let's see how this concept plays out in siblings, among siblings. Okay. So, if those of you listening, if you have a sibling, I know you're going to get, get this. Anyone who has an older sibling mm-hmm. may well know the concept of imputation. It's a new school year. Imagine it's a new school year. It's the first day you walk in and sit at your new desk in your new classroom, eager to make a good impression on your new teacher. And yet when your teacher encounters your last name on the roll sheet, the teacher pauses, looks heavenward, and sighs audibly in resignation. hmm <laughs> Your older sibling's reputation has preceded you. Mm-hmm. Imputation is when something belonging to one person or thing is regarded as belonging to another person or thing. So the teacher, let's just say your older sibling didn't didn't do too well with mm-hmm. this teacher. The teacher regards the negative traits of an older sibling as belonging to you. Mm-hmm. But imputation, now that's a negative application of it, but imputation can also apply to a positive association a- okay. as well. For instance, let's say this. A young groom has nothing in his bank account. And we mentioned this last podcast. He's got nothing in his bank account because he foolishly bought into the lie that jewelry <laughs> stores have successfully gotten millions of men to believe that the engagement ring should cost the equivalent of three months wages. Is that, is that what it is really? It three is, months? but I'm
1: laughing because there's a sitcom where the, the less than than bright individual thought it was a 3 year salary instead of a 3 month salary and so he he pulls out this engagement ring and everyone's like he's like they're they're, so shocked. Heavy, yes. they're shocked and so he's like oh, do you not think she's going to like it and they're like oh no oh, she's, gonna she's like he's it. like well it says 3 year salary right and the accountant in the group is going no
2: <laughs> so <they> no <laughs> yeah so he anyway he's he he bought into the lie and he he spent 3 months wages on on buying it he he, he bit and he bought And now he has nothing left in his bank account. Zero. The bride, however, has $5,000 in her bank account for our story. And when they marry, they merge their accounts, and her $5,000 is imputed to his empty account. By his association with her, he has been imputed or credited with more than he owned individually.
1: So the moral of story there is just find yourself a good woman. Who's wealthier than you are. Exactly.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: (laughs) So, okay, with this analogy in hand, what does this mean and what does this work do in the believer's life? Yeah,
2: great story, but so (laughs) what? Yeah.
1: Congratulations, dude.
2: So, biblically, and again, instantaneously at the moment of salvation, we see that imputation teaches us that Jesus stands as our representative before God, and his accomplishments become our accomplishments. Mm -hmm. His death is viewed as our death. His life becomes our life. His inheritance, his righteousness, his position, belong to those who belong to him. That's the doctrine of imputation. And it's a precious doctrine. Paul reminds us in Romans 5.19 that just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. So what he's saying is Adam's sin was imputed to us, but our sins were imputed to Christ, mm-hmm. and Christ's righteousness was then imputed to us. And Romans 5.1, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I cannot secure our own salvation, but Christ can and did through imputed righteousness Mm -hmm.
1: and i think probably the most striking thing to me goes back to that earlier verse that we read in the beginning and and it says he who knew no sin became Mm -hmm. sin for our righteousness and and that that's and that's imputed righteousness it's an an amazing amazing concept
2: what we didn't have has been credited
1: to us Mm -hmm. and what he didn't have he took on Mm -hmm. himself in
2: our our sin Mm -hmm. yeah
1: well next in our list is the term positional sanctification so here we have two words that can kind of give us some pause so what do you have for us on this one
2: so sanctification is the view about how christians mature as christ followers and it is generally held among protestant theologians that sanctification is progressive a christian can rightly therefore say i am sanctified i am being sanctified and I will be mm. sanctified. So perhaps to understand progressive sanctification it would be helpful to understand the three tenses mm-hmm. of sanctification. You have past, present, and future. So in the past, positional sanctification occurs when God sets people apart for himself at the moment they become Christians. Hebrews 10:10 says we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all. So the past part of our positional sanctification is what occurred at the cross. That's the past. Then it, there's a present aspect of it. Progressive sanctification is the ongoing, still incomplete, lifelong maturing process in which a Christian gradually becomes more holy. Paul writes about this in Second Corinthians 3.18, so how about reading that for us, please?
1: Sure. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are
2: changed into His glorious image. So there's... The present part, he's making us more and more like him now. And finally, there's the future aspect of positional sanctification. Jude 24 says, Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away, and here's the futuristic part, will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. That in the past, no. Present, no. He's talking about the future when we are glorified mm-hmm. and receive a glorified body. So that happens after death when God sets his people apart from sins, not only sins presence, but sins possibility.
1: Mm-hmm. And we, so that's where we, the the scripture verse comes in that hymn in Christ alone, and we will faultless stand
2: before the throne. Yes. There we look go. at you go.
1: I know. Very good. It's almost like those hymn writers knew a little bit about theology.
2: Theology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on <laughs> theology and
1: that, that'll be in an, another, another section. That'll be a
2: series. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let me remind everyone what we're talking about on today's podcast about being made acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that at the moment of salvation, we receive eternal life, imputed righteousness and progressive sanctification. And P.S. Jeff, you also mentioned being forever perfected. So what does that mean forever perfected
2: perfected Forever perfected in in Hebrews 10:14 we find pretty all-encompassing words for by that one offering that's Christ's sacrifice he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So there in that one verse, you've got two of these aspects. You've got forever perfected and the progressive sanctification, who are being made holy. And we now know, because we're smarter theologians, that that's the present tense of the mm-hmm. sanctification. I feel like I confused everybody, so let me stop and just keep going. All right, so this applies to every believer. It relates to our standing, this, this part about being forever perfected, and our position in Christ. Now, our union with Christ in God's eyes secures the perfection of the Son of God for the child of God. We are forever made perfect positionally. Mm -hmm. Not now, not experientially, but positionally. This is how God views us because of what Christ has done for us at the moment of salvation. So we are forever Perfected, we will have the same glorified body one day that Christ had post-resurrection, so forth and so on. So that again, that all occurs instantaneously at salvation, and that's another part of Christ presenting us as acceptable to God.
1: And another thing you said is that we are made accepted in the beloved one.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if you've noticed, kitchen table theologian, but we have we have said the word made a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, That word made shows up in a lot of these Bible verses, and there are many more that apply to all this we simply don't have time to get to here on the podcast. But the word made, we we were made perfected. We were made sanctified, and etc. That's a very forceful word in the New Testament. Dr. Schaeffer writes, it indicates that the thing accomplished, the word made, indicates that the thing accomplished is not wrought by the believer for himself, but is the work of God for him. So here we have the believer made accepted. He, she is accepted on the part of God who, because of his infinite holiness, could accept no less than perfection for himself. And we are made accepted in the beloved. That we just covered that in Ephesians 1 mm-hmm. 6. Without the slightest strain upon his holiness, God the Father accepts those who are in union with his son, and that glorious fact that the one who is saved is accepted constitutes yet another measureless feature of the divine grace of God. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, now as we reach our last principle, we
2: we are made part of the inheritance. What does that mean? So there's the word made again. Made again. Made part of the inheritance. Nothing I'm doing, this is what God's doing for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the key verse here is Colossians 112. How about reading that?
1: He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light.
2: Okay, so even the lowliest believer being in Christ is made to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So Colossians, Paul there is reminding us that the believer in Christ, we are being fitted right now to live for eternity. In celestial glory, in the presence of God. So you, child of God, are part of a massed multitude of believers. And we are being prepared for the lives that we're going to live one day in heaven. Again, so we're, we're, we're made part of the inheritance. And that is all again, something that happens instantaneously at salvation. Jesus making us acceptable to God.
1: So as we close at the moment of salvation, we are made acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And we see this in eternal life, imputed righteousness, positional sanctification, perfected forever, made accepted in the beloved one and made part of the inheritance with that emphasis there being on made. That should give us a lot to chew on. It does because you think you know you think about something being you know being made it's only done at the hands of the creator Mm. so so that's a a great analogy I think that we can Mm -hmm. make some personal application to well hey it's been another great episode and thanks so much for listening to Kitchen Table Theology and we do encourage you to take a moment wherever you're listening from to rate and review this podcast including on Spotify and iTunes and it really helps to give the listeners a way to find the show and help us spread the Kitchen Table Theology love and don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. We mentioned her earlier today as part of the crew, but we always want to give a special thanks to Danny and her team at Streamline Podcast for making us sound so good. So, so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for the no, very do it. She helpful. does a great job. <laughs> and also for the very helpful episode notes. Yeah. And again, thanks to Jamie Hubbard for today's sound engineering expertise. And to all our friends at Lowcountry Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making kitchen table podcast possible. I want to encourage anybody to try to say that one 10 times fast. All right. Well, with no angst in my voice at all, I want to also encourage you to head on over to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, next week, we'll be back with another great episode. So there it is. Now go deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it.
0: You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.